Hey everyone, welcome to the brand new Luminous Podcast. This is a new conversational series where I'm going to sit down with new media artists from across the spectrum. My goal with this program is to give public voice to the people behind the most amazing examples of visual and interactive art. In this industry, it's really common to see something that inspires you on Instagram or in a blog, find the name of the artist or the crew that's responsible, and then have them remain a complete mystery. Who are the people that make these installations come to life? Where are they from? What do they love about the work that they do? What drives them crazy? These are the questions that I want to answer as I speak with some of the community's most prolific names. My first interview is with Brian Pinkham, a longtime friend and collaborator. My relationship with Brian goes way back to Envision Festival in the jungles of Puerto Rico back in 2013. Brian's a brilliant LED programmer who uses microcontrollers to create embedded systems that drive light patterns across the light art installations that he builds. He's had his work displayed at festival installations all over the world, including Galactic Jungle at Burning Man, Kerry Thompson's Portal, and Helianthus Enorme, I think that's how you say it, with Fez Gates. He also has a prominent piece featured at the One Dome Interactive Arts and Entertainment Space in San Francisco. Our conversation wound its way through his current work, his background as an artist, and we jam on some of our pet peeves and commonalities. It's a good first episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There might be too much noise in the background. Whoops, there might be like, I mean, who fucking knows? Yeah, well, the murder of crows is now gone, so. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, man, well, thanks for coming in. Um, I guess... uh, this is our first episode, so it's an experiment. Yeah. And um, me and Brian, we've known each other for like a long time. Probably like, what? Seven or eight years, maybe? Seven, eight years. Something like that? Yeah. I mean, that makes you one of my oldest running friends at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I figure might as well start with somebody who I feel very comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. I met you in, I think, like the second Envision in, uh, in Costa Rica. Yeah, that's I was right. like, whoa, you're like me <laughs> we're like at the same level or something <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well it's it's rare to find people who are like who are on that tip you know yeah who are like who are actually light artists and like doing the thing you guys had just finished the uh the dragon um and yeah. you're you're telling me about that which would make it eight years yeah yeah well that's awesome so um so what are you working on now man what are you doing um a lot of this year has just been sort of research and development and um, working on two main things. One being uh, turning my um, software and, and tech into a um, professional lighting product uh, that enables me to do my work faster, enables me to um, hand off my gear to other people like I'm currently in this place so I've been in this place where a lot of times I'm in the bottleneck for everything that I do it's like if something breaks I need to fix it something needs to be installed I need to do it yeah yeah the buck Um, stops yeah 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 and so this this allows me to 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 uh to do my work much faster um work with other people have other people do the installs and repairs and stuff like that and then have a, a physical product that uh that can also then be sold uh, and technology which can be licensed. And so the other part of what um, this year has been about is um, uh, working with Flow Toys a lot. We've been integrating my you're an integral. Engine. You're an integral part of their their operation at this point. At this point, yeah. So everything so for from... For people who don't the, know, Flow Toys is the... Uh, Flow Toys is like a, like a... They're like fire prop 
maker that does LED fire props. So it's like um, it's like LED enabled spinning props. Yeah. Um, so everything from the the uh, Flowlight 2.0 on is now using my pattern engine. And um, as you know, I, I was around then them uh, when they were developing uh, flow toys, and I just watched this like sort of painstaking process of Sean, who who runs the company with uh, with Prisna, like kind of dictating the visions that he had for the kinds of effects that he wanted to oh, make. He's, he's kind of a he's kind of a he's kind of an experienced dictator. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> his vibe. Um, and so just like watching how like um, that process went of him trying to dictate this very specific visual experience that he wanted to create to the programmer. Um, I don't know, it felt like a really frustrating experience. So I, I basically created um, an interface to enable him, who has no prog programming experience, but a lot of like visual aesthetic, light art, you know, intelligence. Yeah. Um, enabling Sean to be able to create um, really amazing LED patterns for his LED props on the fly. I feel like that's um, how a lot of the best collaborations between like client and yeah. uh, designer end up working. You know, it's like you'll have a client who has like a vision. Sometimes that vision is completely ridiculous and doesn't make any physical sense when you're trying to like build something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's like your job to take that that effect and then turn that into like some kind of reality. Yeah. And then it's been like super cool, too, because um, so now um They've uh, integrated the pattern engine into uh, their LED clubs, which have um, XYZ accelerometer, and I've built in all these like interactive juggling um, clubs. Yeah, juggling clubs. Yeah. Uh, so I've built in all these interactive features, and but I've just made a framework that I handed off to them, and so they've got this guy Jer uh, Jeremiah the juggler, who's like juggler extraordinaire and also a brilliant technical mind, and he's just like absorbed like the pattern engine interface interface and has been making like incredible um interactive um uh patterns and effects so he's using and, so your engine is basically like um it's like a a pattern generation environment mm -hmm. where the the goal of your 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 software is to allow people to to create patterns algorithmically mm -hmm. Uh, Without ever needing to, to touch software, it's entirely um, touchpad interface driven. Yeah, and the reason that I, a big part of why I made it is because like I'd, I'd arrive on site at a um, at a gig and a client would ask for something uh, really creative, and then I'd have to like the 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 struggle between being in left left brain and right brain mode. Sure, is just, you like, got to go from programming brain exactly. to like to creative brain, and then yeah, and so I'm like, how there's can that I, barrier? Yeah. yeah. How can I front load all of that, um, um, you know, uh, programming brain <laughs> energy, <laughs> so that I don't, I, I don't, I can actually arrive on site and, and like stay in creative flow. Yeah, you're creating a paintbrush. Yeah, exactly. you're trying to create a paintbrush That's palette. Exactly and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like your software, um, it runs on a microcontroller. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like um, in my world, you know, we work with uh, very PC. Uh, you know, PC paint paintbrushes. You know, like <laughs> yeah. the Madrixes of the world, and yeah. like um, you know, uh, Mad Mapper, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And those are very 
those are very focused. The paradigm there is taking like video and exactly. mapping that onto pixels, but but you're working from a paradigm where you're Bottom using up. you're using math yeah. to drive patterns down linear fixtures. Mm -hmm. So like LED strips, for yeah. example, or or whatever. But um that's the it seems like that's the seed that you're that your whole thing started with. Yeah. And that's the paradigm you, you've run, run Exactly. With. And it's like, how can, you know, how can I design, um, like a, a product or, um, an LED controller that uses like the minimum amount of processing power, um, to get like the maximum amount of like visual effect, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that the, the product that I'm working on, uh, is really focused on is, you know, rather than having like a single super powerful computer that that does all of the rendering on the computer and then spits it out to all to all of its individual nodes it's like all of the the calculations like um are done locally on the um on you know a bunch of smaller microcontrollers yeah it's a distributed model yeah it's very cool yeah and so then if we lose one the whole system doesn't go out it's like yep you just lose that that one not only that but it's a lot cheaper as far mm -hmm. as hardware goes yeah. or it can be i guess it all depends on scale yeah, right. Because like, absolutely. I'm sure there are instances, I know there are instances where, excuse me, it makes more sense to do a centralized model. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we worked on the battery, um, the battery nightclub or lounge in San Francisco together. And that was an example of a time where it really made no sense to do it in a centralized way Exactly. where we had your, your nodes acting as the, the workhorses generating the actual patterns and then those nodes were in turn triggered by uh, a lighting desk, essentially. Yeah. yeah, using very little data to send to my nodes to uh, to, to control it. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, it's like trying to drive like the most number of LEDs with the least amount of data. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was when I, that's like, I never really quite got, I was always like, you know, I don't quite get it. I don't understand, like, why would you, why would you use um, like microcontrollers when you could, uh, you know, use a, a, a PC system. And this is like, yeah, you know, during my evolution as a, as a, as an led engineer, you know, it was like, totally. I didn't really get that until we did the battery. And then I was like, Oh, I understand. Like the, this, the use case for this is like when you're doing massive installations mm -hmm. and distributed and yeah. And you can distribute that workload instead of having like a $50,000, you know, server that's trying to drive, you know, hundreds of thousands of LED pixels yeah. centralized and trying to drive video content, you know, and there's a lot of situations where it's like video content in a lot of cases is, is great for screens. Um, but there are lots of situations where, um, you know, you've got this low resolution resolution, you know, squiggle of pixels. And if you try and treat that as if it was a screen, it's just going to look muddled. And so it's actually, you get a much better visual effect to, to do, um, you know, much lower level, uh, pixel generation. Well, I mean, as an artist, I've never liked the contextual video on pixels yeah. thing. Like I don't like that look. I don't like led screens. I think that, you know, it's like, great, have a billboard, yeah. you know, or do something artistic. And I've never even, you know, with Madrix, which is our weapon of choice currently, we don't really map video onto the pixels. We use, use its algorithmically generated, generative, uh, you know, pattern yeah. functionality. That's, um, yeah, I, to me, that's, that's like the, that's the ultimate in creativity because if, 
in the end, I would always be generating content algorithmically, whether it's through the, the, the software I'm using to map or going into like After Effects yeah. and then doing that same thing with patterns. But it just adds another layer of abstraction to the whole process where you're yeah. like, okay, now I got to go into After Effects. I got to export a video to import into my pixel mapping software. Totally. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, even with, uh, with um, like After Effects and stuff like that, it, the, you still run into some of the same problems of like putting video on like pixel screens. Like you lose, there's like a little bit of like, um, like muddiness to the way that it, it like maps over because it's not as like super pixel for pixel. Yeah. Um, but it opens up a whole lot of doors in terms of, you know, what you can creatively do with, um, things that I couldn't even dream of doing with, you know, with my lower level stuff. Well, that's, here's the thing. And that's, I, that's where I think the two worlds meet, you know, Absolutely. it's like, and with your new product, um, the fact that it can work in both ways, or it seems yeah. like that's kind of the direction you guys are going. Exactly. Cause like, I know my, my, my toolboxes, you know, it's like, yeah. I'll always be using after effects. Exactly. We're, we're starting to work with, uh, the software called S mode, S mode. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a French, um, generative software, kind of like touch designer, but it's just like a killer tool set, you know, doing, doing like particle effects and yeah. like all kinds of shit. And it's like, you know, we'll always use stuff like that, but then it's, it's relying on like intuitive and like well thought out hardware between that software and the pixels. Yep. Yeah. And that's why I'm really stoked to, to see what you guys are doing. Yeah. 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 One of the things that's, it's important for me is, is, uh, being able to merge incoming like artnet or um uh in basically incoming data from other sources yeah. with my own um like generated like local led uh control algorithms yeah man no matter how much you know like artnet is a stupid protocol <laughs> but it's like it's the product you know it's like everybody yeah. uses that and to make a product you just got to play that game exactly. you know you have to because yeah. everybody speaks artnet even mm -hmm. if it's a stupid protocol yeah. and until the industry adopts something new, which, you know, who fucking yeah. knows? Like it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's coming. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, it takes a, how do you like, how do you dictate, you know, okay, the whole world is going to start speaking this new language. It's like, that's a hard thing to dictate, you know? Yeah. So where are you guys with that process? Like you guys are, are working on that new system. You're working with flow toys to, to kind of do, um, would you call that like prototype runs or like beta runs? Yeah, yeah, we've, um, um, we kind of jump all over the place. And so we've probably, I don't know, we've probably made like eight different like prototypes so far. And um, over the past several years, uh, we just got a, a pick and place machine, so we're, oh yeah, yeah, we're starting to to Heard really be able to ramp up. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm excited about production. That. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking awesome. I'm I'm really excited about it because um, it means that we can move much more quickly. Yeah, and I've also like in the past, like I've had so many situations where sending um, interesting and novel stuff to China and having it get getting ripped off. Like I've I've literally had probably six products or six. Um, uh, circuits be um, knocked off by sending it to China. I want to come back so. to that later. Let, let's cool. talk about that because that's really interesting to me. I've never, I've never. Yeah. I, I guess that one thing that me and you did together yep. got yep. ripped off, but that's At, the closest I've come to. Adafruit's like, now selling that circuit. I know they are. Man. 
<laughs> well, good for them. Hopefully they can make a buck. Yeah. <laughs> we'll invent something new. Because and... <laughs> we sure didn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, we're currently working on um, two main uh, iterations. Um, one is sort of, um, actually, it's, I guess more than two. Um, we're starting off with two, um, one having like a, being an eight output, um, two different products. Yeah. 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 Or product you. versions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, one of them is, uh, eight outputs got ethernet in and it's designed to be, have like these sort of stackable, um, uh, shields to it, mm-hmm. uh, which enable you to be able to, uh, in the future add, uh, sensors, uh, we're going to be able to add like an FPGA module that radically increases the number of pixel outputs um, uh, from eight to possibly like uh, be able to drive like 32 strips uh, of how something like how that. much how long I'm not entirely sure. Just yeah, yet, yeah, but um, so parallel but, like parallel. Yeah, process. as soon as as soon as you're able to offload your um, your pixel data from the microcontroller, you free up so much bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I'm, we haven't started yet, but going down the um, uh, the FPGA route to, to drive those is um, something I'm excited about. Well, that's voodoo magic as far as I'm concerned, man. But I, I understand, is, like, I understand the principle behind FPGA. I understand the, uh, you know, the draw. You know, yeah. it's like you can literally just create exactly what you need in a hardware platform. Exactly. Yeah, it's it feels like, um, like... Um, I guess Voltron, you just this configuration and go. Yeah. And suddenly you have this um, whole like new circuit architecture. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a friend, um, uh, John English, who had this um, uh, Kickstarter campaign for a, an, an LED art project that he was doing years and years ago called Sound Puddle. And this is like. Is it called Sound Puddle? Sound Puddle. Yeah. He's out of Boulder, Colorado. And um, at that point in time, this was before like the TNC came out, and this was like I was like rocking the Arduino Uno hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but it was super limited. I could only do three hundred pixels. Man, I think everybody rocked the Arduino. Yeah, hard. you know that's like where everything started. <laughs> yeah, right? and and so he had this whole FPGA project where he had an FPGA that literally emulated like sixteen Arduino Unos. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so he like he was able to deal with like much higher um, LED output um, uh, by just emulating um, Arduino Unos in parallel. That's funny. Well, yeah. that's cool. I mean, that's an expensive <laughs> way to stack up 16 Arduino Unos, but yeah. you know, good. <laughs> yeah, good the end result was gorgeous. Yeah, it was um, this immersive dome that you, you'd go inside of and. Um, LED strips like lining the ceiling and then any sound that you make it has a whole Fourier transform like analysis and then you can see um, your voice represented in lights on the ceiling yeah, in, in so, this really beautiful way it was done really elegantly that's always been so impressive to me when you yeah. can like generative pattern creation right so like like doing low level um, LED patterns in in hardware Mm-hmm. You know, that that's also like voodoo magic to me. It's like, yeah, I get it. I understand how to do that with like, you know, with systems like um, like touch designer, you know, but to do that on a microcontroller, you got to have a whole different kind of brain. <laughs> yeah, 
You it's gotta, like a whole different thing. You gotta thing. sacrifice something to be able to play in that dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think it's really cool. And I, I respect what you guys are doing so much because you have the the right talent, you know, between uh, between um, your hardware guy and uh, the software guy that you guys have coming on right now. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to talk about them, but you know, whatever. Yeah, it's like so they're, it's yeah, a great Mar- team. Mark and Amon. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're badasses. And you guys have like a, like the A team. It's really exciting because as long as we've known each other, you've been talking about like releasing a product and it's like, you guys <laughs> seem like you're getting really fucking it's, close. It's you know? actually happening now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited. Man. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm excited to play with it because yeah. it's just like another tool that I'm, I'm stoked to, to have in the toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be super versatile too. Yeah. So you're you're moving to Colorado, mm-hmm. right? You're 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 out of here. You're going to Colorado. You're going to work with uh, Meow Wolf, right? Um, well, so I've got because um, that's where you're from. Um, yeah, I'm. Well, I'm. I consider myself to be from Colorado, um, even though I wasn't born there. Um, uh, but I've you know I've got a collaboration with Carrie Thompson from Meow Wolf in Las Vegas. Um, there is zero guarantee of anything with Meow Wolf in in Denver, but it seems like my timing feels that feels you know good (laughs) well i've I've heard some interesting rumors um you know i'm involved with the one hat guys and they're kind of like uh they're also very um a lot of those guys are friends with the the people who are like pushing out you like the the core team of meow wolf and yeah you know, it's just, they're like, let's just keep doing this until we can't, yep. let's just do it until the money runs out. You yeah. know, like, and I'm, it's impressive. You know, I, I've got like, um, I think I've got two proposals submitted for Meow Wolf Denver. Nice. Um, but what I'm, what I'm really kind of banking on is I have, I just have the feeling that it's like, there are going to be a bunch of people whose proposals get, um, accepted. And then it's going to, we're going to come to find out that oh shit, we don't know how to do technology mm-hmm. and be like, guess what guys I do. <laughs> well, that's, you're in a great place. And you're, yeah. you're like local dude. You're, you're not, not only are you like, like everybody knows who you are. They do. You know, it's like Brian Pinkham, you're a light artist. You're like all over LEDs are awesome. You know, it's like you're friends with all those Denver guys. It's, I feel like a lot of those grants, it's like, okay, well maybe your, your particular idea that you just like shot out of your hat isn't going <laughs> to fit perfectly, yeah. but they'll find something else for you to do. Totally. You know, especially cause, uh, who's the, the, the woman there who's, uh, Annie Phillips. Yeah. Annie Ph- yeah. Phelps, Phillips. Oh man. I yeah. Annie. <laughs> so, you know, you guys are, you guys are homies and like, you know, it'll, it'll work out. I'm really excited for that. You know, I'm excited yeah. to see what comes out of that and see how, uh, how you end up uh, playing with that that crew? Totally. I was at a uh, I was at a going away party last night. My friends were moving to to Denver, or like uh-huh. just outside of Denver. Oh right. Yeah, man, they got a house for like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can afford property in Denver, <laughs> or like whatever. You know, it's a uh, their 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 mortgage is uh, sixteen hundred a month, I think, for like a <laughs> four bedroom house. You know. Yeah. It's like, what am I doing here? I don't even understand. I mean, I do, but like, fuck. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should just I mean, uproot and is, move to Denver. This is a really good place for what we do, though. It is, man. It is. And yeah. it's like, like it or not, you know, with uh, with the labs um, and just like the, you know, I'm planted. I feel like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, shit. You know, I was thinking about moving to Barcelona not too long ago. And it's like, oh, f- well, how the hell would I even do that? You know, it's like <laughs> if I moved to Barcelona. Virtual assistants. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of them. Right. <laughs> Virtual assistants soldering, soldering the LED strip. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually working with some virtual assistants and they're, they're, they're kind of amazing, man. Like all of the things that, uh, 
you know, and I, I hate that whole fucking broy paradigm of like, you know, like the 10 hour work week or whatever, but yeah. it's, it has made things so, cause we don't have enough money to hire like a bunch of people, you know? So yeah. like Sam, our, our, uh, marketing homie, <laughs> she's like, you know, if, if we can like not have her filling spreadsheets with, uh, information, you know, then great, you know, that gives her more time to do more useful stuff. Yeah. So that's been an interesting experiment and it seems like it's working out pretty well so far. Cool. Yeah. We, we were playing around with, um, virtual assistants for fiber flies for a little while. Yeah. Um, but not with the, not with the panel lock. So I, I think we, we kind of dipped out of that. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were, you were, you were knee deep in fiber flies. You mm-hmm. helped develop that technology. I, so I, um, invented it. Yeah. And, um, and then a couple of years later partnered with alien John and, um, together, like he did a fantastic job of like building up the business and, and, um, really dialing in, um, our proper manufacturing. Um, and I actually, I, I sold the, the rest of the company to him a month ago yeah. as a, at the uh, very end of uh, 2019. Yeah. I saw a post oh, on Facebook. Yeah. And, and, oh man. And I just saw like fireflies were in, um, a DJ Snake, Cardi B, like music video. <laughs> Dude, I'm getting old, man. I don't even know who the fuck is DJ Snake. I don't even uh, know, but like whatever. Turn down for what, bro? Uh, turn down for what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, good for him, man. Alien, it's so funny. So fiber flies are, they're a fiber optic whip. If you've been to like any of the festivals in like the last five years, you've seen some sexy girl flinging one around <laughs> on the dance floor they're really cool. And yeah. Brian, Brian, you, you, you were the brainchild behind that. I was, that was the first one. There was like a few other ones. Yeah. Like yeah. Now, now there are probably like three or four other companies that are on the scene too. Yeah. They're super psychedelic, man. I've always yeah. wanted to, I, I, eventually I will make a fiber optic chandelier <laughs> <laughs> and I'll talk to you about using that, uh, that driver or whatever, but yeah, it's, they're beautiful. It's, uh, it's funny to see how Alien John, who was like, he was like the biggest like circus kid, you mm-hmm. know, he was just like, all right, I'm a businessman now. And he like took that yeah. and ran with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how it goes though, right? In the, oh, in the flow art scene. I know. Yeah. He's been doing a, doing a great job and I'm, I'm curious. It's like, cause for, for me, you know, my, my passion has, has really been in installation work. Mm-hmm. And so working on, on fiber flies, um, like I, I, that was something I was really passionate about at, at the very beginning, but then it just sort of started to, to dwindle. And as I wanted to go more and more into, into installation work, you know, I kind of left, um, left fiber flies hanging. Um, so I'm actually really curious to see with me, like fully handing over the reins to him, if it's, if shit's going to like really take off, um, well. now that he's got. Your job is done, man. Control. I mean, like you're you're a creative, you know. I'm I I feel like I understand that a hundred percent. Where it's like I don't, you know, products might mean financial stability, but in the end, it's like it's like one thing. I want to do a project in six months, yep. see it to completion, and then get the fuck out <laughs> and not not think about it until it breaks. Yeah, <laughs> I get exactly. a frantic <laughs> frantic phone breaks. call in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to need to fly down to LA tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, man, we've been dealing with that, uh, with the dragon, our first project. It's mm-hmm. uh, been like seven years. Finally, like drivers are starting to fail, you know, L- pixels seven are starting to fail. Solid run. Yeah, man. But it was, it was, uh, you know, 
God, we were so inexperienced, mm-hmm. no, no maintenance contract, no nothing. And, uh, yeah. you know, like the client, he calls us up. He's like pissed off. He's like, dude, dude, it's broken. I'm like, and he sell he sells airplane parts. I'm like, man, you build something like completely unique, completely custom, like a Ferrari or mm-hmm. a freaking glowing led dragon. <laughs> and you got to maintain that shit. You yeah. know, it's like, you can't just buy it. And then expect it's going to work forever. But they're LEDs. They last forever. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's been, so that's been a thing. I've been going back down there. But um, yeah, it's cool to see. It still works. It's it's funny. It's like, I feel like our our community, like we have like little like light art droppings that we just leave all over the world. Right. And then like, you'd be like. It's super fun. So Lucidity is one of the ones that it's like one of the festivals that's like cross pollinated enough with a bunch of different scenes and different makers. Yeah. That, that when I go to Lucidity, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I did that. And mm-hmm. I did that. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's sort of fun experience. Well, think about like, how many people you've inspired. I mean, honestly, like, think about how many people have seen cool light art. They don't know who, they don't know it's yeah. you. They don't know who, who it is. They're just like, whoa, that's cool. You know, and like, I feel like the whole light art scene is like, it's this branch of the maker scene, mm-hmm. right? Which like now they've got like, you know, maker magazine and like Adafruit and all that shit. But yeah. it's like, I feel like LED, the LED art scene is so tied into that, yeah. you know? And it's like so much of like, you know, it's like making cool blinky shit. It's one of the cool things you can do with like maker, maker scene, maker tech, you know? Yeah, totally. You got your start as a roboticist, right? You were working mm-hmm. for like, making um, missiles <laughs> killer so, robots right <laughs> so i worked for um, at first i worked for um a small company called perceptic robotics uh and then a year into that i thought you were gonna say a small company called lockheed martin <laughs> <laughs> well, so, literally, um a year into it though they uh perceptic was brought up, was bought out by lockheed right right and um, that's how it happens yeah and and but Lockheed was like, no, don't worry, don't worry, we won't weaponize any of your technology. <laughs> and then come to find, like, the, specifically the uh, the division that bought us out was the Missiles and Fire Control Division. Oh my God! It's like there is not a nonviolent word in that name. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you're gonna weaponize our shit. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's so, that's the fundamental. You know, it's like the people who invent technology. Like, inventors aren't warriors. Yeah. You know, like I don't know anybody who's like. I know one person, I will not name his name, but I don't know anybody who's like in the scene of like inventing cool shit or like working with technology. That's like a violent person by nature, you know, like you just want to make cool shit. Yeah. Um, so that buyout and like the, the new company culture, just like it sucked. It felt really, um, uh, it felt like we went from being trusted and, you know, this very um, lighthearted, friendly group of people to being a much more like constricted, like um, uh, cameras installed everywhere. Like, like in the, in the office. Yeah. Like watching you. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Um, Just the, the culture shifted and, and I'm like, you know what? Did you have to, did you have to pass a background test? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> did, you, did you tell him you were a psychonaut? <laughs> did they ask you about psychedelics? Or they like, oh. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to pass a um, a security test, um, a uh, 
security clearance uh, screening. Right. And so... Because if you admit to smoking weed even, right? Yeah. You're not, they won't let you... So, um, so I'm like, I have just finished college. I am on my way out to Colorado to start this job. And I get a call from um, whatever agency does the security clearances. And they're like, Brian, we need to interview you for the security clearance. I'm like, okay, I'm in Pennsylvania. They're like, where are you? Like, such and such and such and such. They're like, okay, meet us tomorrow at 10 a.m., like a few miles from where you are. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like on my way to a Psytrance festival. Uh, I was going to guess that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and so I, they're like, okay, uh, have you ever done drugs? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, in college. <laughs> I, you smoked I, the reefer. I, I took, <laughs> yeah, I, I took mushrooms and then I told them about my first mushroom trip. <laughs> and were, were these like, were they like the like CIA type? Was this your colleagues He's, or was this? Nope. No, no. this is like, yeah, it's super stiff. Like, I don't know, um, very, uh, like military government kind of dude. Sure. And, and he's like, okay, tell me about your experience. <laughs> I was like, well, I, um, went to heaven for a little bit <laughs> and it was beautiful and amazing. And then I descended into the depths of hell, which all of which was true. Yeah. Um, and I had, and I felt all the pain of everybody that's ever, ever been like hurt in the world. And, and, and then I, then I came back down from the trip and I realized that <laughs> the drugs are bad. I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay, so you learned your lesson. I'm like, yep, definitely. Definitely learned my lesson. Um, and he's like, and so did you, would you say you tripped out? <laughs> oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I tripped out. <laughs> like, but, but then I realized I needed to focus on my schoolwork and <laughs> right. Well, you got the job. I obviously. got the job. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, at a certain point, like if you're the government, you know, if you're looking for creative people, it's, you just, you, you can't avoid it. You have to like, yeah. And yeah. a big part of the problem too is, is, is not as much its use. It's that people can blackmail you. If, if, right. if your employer, like if there's if you have secrets that you need to keep from your employer that makes you manipulatable, manipulatable. right? Like if you were, say, in a hotel room in Russia with a prostitute, <laughs> and the KGB recorded you, yeah, they could use that to blackmail you. Yeah, That's a crazy. So crazy, just keep crazy. keep all your shadows out in the open. Sure, yeah, you're, yeah, you're fine. Right, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's particularly embarrassing or surprising or shocking to anybody. You know, people in our industry have like played with psychedelics. Exactly. You know, I feel like that's that's uh, that's partly how you become a successful light artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not always though. I've definitely met some like really straight, really cool. I'm working with uh, not that he's straight edge or anything, but Yona. You know, Yona, Yona Appletree. He does uh, light at play, the oh. domes up in up in Portland. Oh yeah, the ones with the translucent like. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's a badass man. He's definitely like, he's, he works with some, some pretty straight and narrow people, but they're all very, very creative, yeah. you know? Yeah. Nice. So are you doing collaborations right now? Or are you, you thinking about festivals or are you pretty much just getting ready for your move, focusing on your product? Hmm. I have, um, sort of pulled away from festival world. Um, 
Uh, I skipped Burning Man last year. I'll probably do it again this year. Skip it or go? Uh, what's that? I skipped last year, but I'll, I'll probably go this year. Yeah, see, I'm on the opposite Yeah. Opposite schedule. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, you know, the, the only festivals that are financially worth going to are the ones you don't really want to go to. Yeah. Um, or that I, more specifically that I don't really want to go to. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I don't know right, right now, like this past year has literally just been, um, a lot more internal and a lot less like, you know, going out and making big things. It's been really focusing on nailing, you know, the systems that I can then reproduce and scale with. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, like I made, I made a whole like compilation of like my past work from the past 10 years <laughs> and there is a decided absence of work this year. Yeah. Um, I do have, uh, you know, a couple of like small pieces at, uh, well, Dome launching in, uh, a project in San Francisco. Oh yeah. Yeah. You were very heavily involved in that in one dome. Um, uh, ish. I, I came in at the last minute and like, um, you know, uh, made some thermal camera sensors and, put in uh, my galaxy sphere, like this psychedelic vortex sphere thing that you look into. And yeah, I saw that, um, man. That's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And that, then, so there's, there's a girl like, um, that, uh, apparently like a five-year-old girl who loved it so much. She decided to like climb up on top of it and then like collapsed through it. Oh no. <laughs> like, oh no. Really? The mirror and the circuit. And <laughs> dude, so that's, that's all of these interactive spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Like Meow Wolf and one dome. They need and to like, be able to take a fucking beating. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that it's basically, it's like a kid's, it's a children's museum. Yeah. It's basically. Like if you, if You've done a good job if, like, your your installation could withstand, like, a child on meth. <laughs> like a child needs, on meth. <laughs> it needs to be, like, that level of um, robust. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Kids, because, yeah. I mean, I, I imagine that's, like, I guess One Dome is blowing up. You know, like, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. on, if I'm going to be honest, like, when I when I went and did the walkthrough, did, like, the artist tour or whatever, I was just like, eh, it's nifty. Mm-hmm. It's cool. But, like... I guess it's been a huge success, you know, like, uh, yeah. tourists will come in and it's just like, uh, you know, it's like, we've seen all that shit before a million times. Like no mm-hmm. one else has, yeah. you know, like to the normal, to like the average, you know, society or, you know, average people, they're just yeah. like, what the fuck is and this? Well, they've learned a lot from, from Meow Wolf and Meow Wolf really set the precedent for, Oh, guess what? This, this experience is not just for people, you know, at festivals, like mm. we can invite, you know, the general public and children and grandparents into this and they'll be just as blown away and they don't need to take any substances to enjoy it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I think it's um, brilliant and it's a long time coming. Yeah. If you, if you kind of look at like, like Burning Man culture, it's like mm-hmm. all about participation and that's shifted the whole culture, right? Like our entire culture, like maybe global culture is much more experiential, you know, like experiential. Oh, yeah. It's like the buzzword of the fucking, it's so annoying, you Immersive, know, but it's experiential. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but it, it came from somewhere, right? It came from like, you know, no one wants to watch TV. People want to play with shit. Exactly. You know, they want to be a part of the, part of the show. Yeah. That's cool. So you did, uh, you did that thing in the entryway, right? Describe that. It was like a, um, so it's um, two two-way mirrors, um, dome mirrors that are sa- that have a flower of life circuit board that I made that's sandwiched in between the two of them. And when you look at it, you can't tell what the hell's going on because it's like it's an a reflection sphere. inside of a reflection that's warped parabolically, and um, you just look at it and like, I'm a smart guy, but my brain can't 
comprehend <laughs> like what's happening here. Sure. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and then we, we've got like these little rocks to the side of it. Like there are these chairs that go around it with these little rocks. And, and you sit down, there's like these little handprints that light up on the rock. You put your hand on the hand, handprint and it activates different sequences inside of um, yeah. um, the uh, infinity bubble, the galaxy sphere, I think is what we're calling it. Um, and well, I love that natural tie-in. You know, like the, mm-hmm. the, the nature oh, vibe. Because yeah. yeah. I think that like my favorite part of that whole place is like the very first room. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like the, the jungle with like the little river going through it or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. even know if that's part of one dome. Like yeah. I don't even know if that's the same thing. Yep. But it's like nature plus psychedelic LEDs and yeah. psychedelic light art. It just goes so well together. So they moved into that space and that shit was already there. Are you serious? Yeah. That's hilarious. So there's this this like Chinese billionaire or something like that um, who has owned that space for a long time. And I think it was last open, I think, in the 80s or something like that. Yeah. And then he's just been waiting for the right client because like this space already has this like woodland, like elf like hobbit huts and stuff yeah and, it's like psychedelic like, elf land that's yeah. the, the best way to describe it yeah it's like what, what's the name of that uh that restaurant that it's like the forest restaurant um, no, no. Has all the whatever it's it's like a better version of the rainforest cafe that's mm. the name of it yeah yeah i don't um, think i've ever been in there but yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's definitely a trip i love the i love the vibe i love the deco i love how like it's um you know like all the fiber optics coming up through mm-hmm. the plants and the and the rocks yeah. and whatever it's just like damn avatar man that's what i when i walked in exactly. there it was just like this is freaking avatar right yep. here which by the way i think has some of the most beautiful set set you know set layouts mm-hmm. i know it's all cg but set design yeah. whatever i really want to go to um Florida and check out like the Avatar like amusement park. Is there an Avatar amusement park? Yeah. Wow. I'm not sure if it's finished yet, and I don't know if it's gonna be tacky, but I sure as shit. Well, we should have called us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> They're coming out with three more. You know that, or two more. Yep. Uh, James Cameron. He's like, I don't know what has been taking so long. They're like set. crank out those Star Wars movies, like you know, a couple a year, but like. The the next, there's two more avatars. He's making both at the same time. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I definitely gonna go see this. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people say. You know, people are do, like, wait, oh do, yeah. Do people talk shit? Oh, absolutely. Oh man. People definitely talk shit, man. People are, like hate that movie. They're like, oh, it's just like uh, Dancing with the Wolves or like, basically Gully Dance. So the the plot well the plot line is very parallel to other plot it's lines an experience just have an experience it is shut up i'm i'm generally not, i'm generally <laughs> mostly about plot line and yeah. like you know that's the story is what counts for me but it, in with avatar it's like the visual experience of that movie was just so mm-hmm. it was just so it's just such a beautiful movie it's just yeah. like damn it's a beautiful movie yeah i want to make some light art i want to make a chandelier that fits into that forest oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man. Well, how you feeling? Good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, where to next? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we talk about, um, like some of the first festivals that you did, did artwork for? Like what was the, what was the first festival that you, uh, that you did a piece for? Okay. Well, let's, how about, how about something, something similar, just like the trajectory into entering into, 
like yeah, yeah. light art and and that that kind of path. Yeah. Um, and it all it all kind of started in in, uh, in college. Um, uh, I was really into surround sound, and I was geeking out on these like surround sound demos where they create these really beautiful three dimensional immersive soundscapes. You, I don't know. They're they're nerdy, but I love I love them. And I wanted to create this visual experience where like the multi point yeah sound experiences or whatever yeah. yeah. And I wanted to create like um, an experience where I put uh, an intelligent LED system on each of the speakers, and then as sound moved in three dimensions in my visual space or my my like aural space, I'd be able to see it in my visual space as well. And Very synesthesia. Exactly. Um, and at the at the time, I uh, didn't have the the skill set or the money, and the and the tech wasn't really there yet to trivially do you know like FFT stuff on microcontrollers and so I wasn't able to pull it off but it got me looking like where else is there um, this kind of weird interactive like light uh, light art out there and I found this place called Burning Man and so I, I found Burning Man by researching like LED installations like interactive installations oh that's great like, huh well that's cool there's a place in the desert where people make big LED art and get naked and do Weird stuff. <laughs> like, okay, that sounds cool. Let's try that out. Um, and so the very first installation that I ever made was for Burning Man, and it was like um, uh, collaboration with my roommate at the time. Later became business partner, and it was this very psytrance ish um, string art lotus flower mm. that like had like a little passive infrared sensor, and so when you get near it the four LEDs would spin around in a circle and you'd be like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> and that's you know. given straight to the front of the line though, man. First, first installation for Burning Man though. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is that Burning Man doesn't have any standards, so <laughs> you can bring anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to Burning Man. Well, when was that? When, when um, the... it was 2008. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, you know, that's prime. That's like the kind of the start I feel like if LED art is now reaching some kind of like maturity, it was definitely like in its infancy yeah. in 2008. Yeah. And th so this was long before um, there were ever any like LED strips that you can get from China. This was like, um, you know, all PWM driven from a single microcontroller kind, yeah. of, kind of stuff. Um, so if you got addressable then, LEDs, you were making them addressable one pixel exactly. at a time. Yeah. yeah. And then, so after, after I did that, then, um, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if these were all in a line and I could see them as a rainbow. And so I, I, I made what I think might be the first, I, I'm not positive, but I think it might be the first led rainbow strip oh, wow. made. It's a bold claim there. Man. I know, it's bold. <laughs> but so what I did was, so there was those, um, uh, those little mood lights that, you know, that ravers would like. They've got like a little magnet on the back. You pin it to your whatever, and yeah. they they fade. Mm -hmm. It goes like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, and to go violet. Um, but it always starts at red on power on. And right. so I bought like a thousand of them, and um, I hacked them open, and then I connected them to like a, a serial shift register. Oh yeah, yeah. that would just turn them on one at a time. Sure. And if I turn them on one at a time, then I could actually create like a rainbow fade. You create your fade through. Sure. And so that was the first just fucking rainbows. Like, <laughs> um, and to top it off, it was like 
I put it on an elastic band with like um, wires kind of zigzag through it so it was stretchy. Like you could actually stretch it. And it was meant for like this LED suit that I was making to wear to Spangle, like (laughs) (laughs) uh, Spangle and a live show on Halloween in London. Cool. (laughs) And then I made it, I saw the rainbow, it was awesome. And then I tried to wear it and it broke immediately. And I was like, fuck this, I'm done. (laughs) Dude, wearables are like the hardest thing to make. I've never even tried to make it. And it was all like dead bug, you know, like using like the tiniest gauge wires soldered onto like tiny SMD stuff. Did they it have just, conductive thread back then? Was was that like? Um, they might have, but this was. I, there was so many wires in there mm-hmm. that like the conductive thread wouldn't have been a good, would have been a good fit. Yeah, yeah, but that's crazy. So what year? That was two thousand eight. You debuted that at, at that, Burning Man. That one was actually, yeah, that one's probably two thousand eight. Yeah, maybe two thousand seven. No, two thousand eight for sure. Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember what my first year at Burning Man. I can't even remember. It was definitely like. Yeah, maybe it was like five or six, 2005, 2006. I definitely went every other year, though, after that. I didn't go like, I did like, I did three years consecutively, and then I did uh, like every other year. Mm -hmm. But um, that's cool. So then what happened after that? Um, So then it was just sort of like a series of making, like, started off making shitty art. And then it just like it got kind of like less shitty and less. I mean, shitty, shitty is all in the eye. It know, is like, totally, yeah. But it's like to say it's all it's all like on the progression of like where you were to where you are. You totally. Know? There's there's a quote that that I I really appreciate. It's like, you know, like what makes an artist is your taste. And when you start off, you have good taste, but you don't have the talent yet. But you have the sense enough to know that what you're making is shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that as you progress, like sure, you know. You, you have the ability, you're, you know, your, your taste ideally stays solid and you're like, oh, wow, I'm less shit now. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, well, your taste matures, your technical abilities mm-hmm. definitely mature. Yeah. You know, like if I, if I had the, the level of technical engineering skills back when I started totally. than I do now, I'd have a lot more repeat customers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it ding, that ding, way. Ding. <laughs> yep. I completely agree. same 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 same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I guess I, like so so I say that not as much to be self-deprecating but just because it's like it's just part of it. It's like it's Well, that's how of, you that's how you, There is no fucking school, man. Yeah. There's no school. There's no college course that you can take for light art. I mean, maybe there is, but I don't no, know about there it. Is. No, yeah. You know, it's like you got to go through all the phases of shittiness to like get yeah. to Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like, you know, one small like the installation just kind of got bigger and more complex and and then the the biggest pitfall that I keep running into is like I can do this giant thing mm-hmm. 10 times the scale of what I've ever done before um you know and then like I'll try and I'll do like a gigantic project like in comparison to anything that I've done in the past and then it'll be incredible growing pains and you know sometimes being a total failure sometimes not you know um and but with each of those like just get better and better and better and then it's like the you know five years ago the biggest like project i had ever taken on today would be a fucking cakewalk yeah um and it's just like with each coming you know year and each 
series of installations and it's just like you know you just grow in your skill set and your capacity and um get better and better well we're kind of creating an in like an industry right mm-hmm. i mean it's it's like yeah. you know you've got you've got like your you know you've got your like audio professionals you've got your laser guys totally. you've got your you know your video guys and we're this kind of like installation based multimedia light art yeah you know and that's that was the motivation behind this podcast i'm like all right well i want to i want to find the people who are like doing cool shit and then just let them talk about their experience but it's cool because it's uh yeah it's like we get to invent this as we go you know Mm -hmm. we're like inventing this right now totally and one of the things that i do my best to adhere to and when i can manage to do it it usually pays off is always set expectations low yeah it's like in your in your mind keep that fucking high bar like shoot for the stars but don't ever tell anybody which star you're specifically (laughs) shooting for yeah because even if you still hit the stars like but you're like no i was going for polaris and you hit beetlejuice or whatever yeah yeah that's not what i expected dude right it's like no but it's amazing like yeah, well, yeah. that comes and down to like client management. It's exactly, like expectation, expectation management. management is is absolutely key. And so, if you can like sell a really simple idea, mm-hmm. and then over like always under promise, over deliver. It's That's a like, hard lesson, man. It's really, really hard. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the moment, and be like, "Oh my god, that sounds like an amazing idea. Let's make this like." I don't know, butthole reactive and like, so you can, like, I don't know, <laughs> just like a like client is just riffing on some cool idea, and then you. All of a sudden find yourself being like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. I could do that without stopping to think, can I do that in a month? <laughs> you know, dude, I th- but I think that the most elegant and effective installations are the simplest anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do. You know, so it's like, yeah, the yeah, it's just simple, simple geometry, simple, simple. Like, yeah, it's like like most art to me is like like the simpler ideas that are really well done are the best yeah 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 it's interesting it's definitely like a thing but um yeah so i'm going to japan i'm gonna go interview some other light artists you know uh um team lab oh yeah i'm gonna go try and interview those guys right on yeah cool yeah i missed their installation when i was out here is is it still out here I don't know. I don't know. I honestly didn't really know about them that much at all until I started, you know, uh, we've been pitching that volumetric displays. Well, they did like a crazy volumetric display. Um, and I was just like, Oh wow. And then I'm like, Oh, team lab. And then, uh, yeah, they've got a museum. So they've got like a museum, like a psychedelic light art museum in Tokyo. That's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's funny, man. Cause you've got like moment factory, Mm -hmm. right? And yeah. they're like on the, in the West, they're kind of like, you know, they're like the big daddy yeah. light, light artists, you know, who've like made it or whatever. You've mm-hmm. got like Obscura and then you've got like Team Lab over in, over in the East yeah. and they're just crushing it, you know? Totally. That's very cool. Hmm. Well, it's been our hour. Oh shit. Yeah. An hour and 19 minutes. Yeah, man. I'm really glad you came. Yeah. Would you, did you feel like this was a good conversation? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah. Edit this up. Cool. Make it make you seem like you're saying things that you completely did not say. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Pinkham. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
only mention the drug references be like Brian Pinkham you said butthole he said (laughs) acid (laughs) (laughs) there there are a couple of key words (laughs) we can work with this yeah Uh. Yeah. I mean well that's one of the that's one of the fantastic things about being in this industry too is that like I actually don't need to hide who I am to to no to to do this and you shouldn't which is it's like i i I would be a really shitty i've said this so many times i'd be a shitty employee i'm horrible at hiding like (laughs) my eccentric nature i think all of us are yeah you know what i mean the successful ones are yeah no one's in this industry for money (laughs) no one's like oh yeah i'm gonna become a light artist so i can get so i can get rich (laughs) my mom and dad they told me it was either a doctorate or light art (laughs) and i (laughs) <laughs> I I overheard like uh, Asha who runs um, uh, Pacific Domes, I like talking about. Are they still a thing? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. They're still a thing. Um, but talking about like her son is one of the people who runs um, Obscura, and you know they book like multi million dollar, like, possibly even like billion dollar um, uh, projects. But she was like talking about it how it just like it doesn't make that much money. And I was like, huh? Nah, dude. Even <laughs> even the even the big the big kids. There there like there's not there are big money projects. And that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the the that's like the disconnect. Like the cognitive disconnect is like, well, yeah. you know, like it's like But it's a five million dollar project. You should have Yeah, but you get like two of those like, you know, you get those once every once in a while. You know, yeah. even if even if you're like Obscura or Moment Factory or Team Labs, it's like yeah. you might pull in you know, some huge projects, but they're few and far between and, and they need a lot of resources. They need a lot of resources. You know, it's like, great. You pulled in a $5 million project that cost four and a half million dollars worth of parts and labor and like expenses and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not the same thing as like having a software company where you're just like, okay, you know, like copy, paste, copy, paste, or just, just, or it's, it's, yeah, it's like you're selling an intangible that doesn't cost money yeah. it costs money and labor you know so it's really it's just like paying people yeah so when i look at other companies and i'm like oh man why aren't we why don't we have that many employees or like blah 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 it's just like you know yeah our industry is different well pretty soon you'll be able to 3d print art cars and then <laughs> and then we'll be Shut able your to mouth. Just, we'll just be able to like copy paste and yeah, yeah, yeah. press a button <laughs> it prints the electronics and everything right right done <laughs> look at that we just made made you an art car boom yeah yeah licensing fee <laughs> yep. All right, man. Uh, thanks for coming in. Mm-hmm. Glad we had this talk. Yep. Clear. Yeah. Over and out. Over and out.